Hello Forever by Serena Bowen. This book is read by Dake Bliss and Teddy Hamilton. Chapter 1. Axel It all began on an ordinary Friday night. The ordinary part was that I was home, alone, and settling in to watch a basketball game. And if my favorite team, the Chicago Bulls, had been playing that night, my life might not have changed. The Bulls weren't on, though, and I was enough of a basketball nut to find another game to watch. I love the sport in all its forms. College hoops, I'm there. A pickup game at the gym, pass me the ball. Basketball was my sport, my hobby, my obsession. But until that Friday night in November, I couldn't have said that a basketball game changed my life. Now I could. The game I'd chosen to watch wasn't even televised. I'd had to dig through several pages on the Barmouth University website to find a live-streaming link for the school's game against Northern Mass. I'd wanted to see the Barmouth Brown Bears in action, because Barmouth U, in Henning, Massachusetts, had just offered me a job, and I needed to know what I was getting into. Might be getting into. I hadn't yet decided whether I was going to accept the position. The job offer was in their athletic department, where I'd be employed on their budding sports marketing team. In many ways, it was my dream job. I loved sports, and I had a newly minted degree in marketing. Instead of trying to push toothpaste or insurance products, at Barmouth I'd be responsible for marketing the school's sports events to the community and to the college's wealthy alumni. It sounded like a whole lot of fun. On the other hand, Henning was a tiny, tiny town a thousand miles from my mother's home in Ohio, and it was two and a half hours from Boston and three and a half hours from New York. For a young, gay, single man, the location was less than ideal. Then again, I didn't have a lot of better options. I was living in my childhood bedroom, working an internship that did not pay. All of my friends had moved away from Columbus after graduation. There was really no reason to stay. It was already lonely. How much worse could it be out in the woods in western Massachusetts? My boyfriend had dumped me the day before we both graduated from OSU. We're too young to be serious, he'd said. But what I heard was, later, sucker, thanks for all the blowjobs that I didn't reciprocate. So there I sat, my face close to the computer screen, watching a basketball team that would probably never darken the door of the NCAA playoffs. Barmouth was a small, private liberal arts university. It was prestigious for both its academics and its long history. I'd done a lot of reading on the school's website, and it seemed like a nice enough place. They had an LGBTQ students' union, which was a good sign. And theoretically, liberal arts colleges in New England were as gay-friendly as any place on earth. But would all that rainbow-powered goodwill extend into the dusty corners of the athletic department? That was my big concern. At the end of my interview, my potential future boss had asked if I had any further questions. My last question should have been, Will it ruffle any feathers if the new marketing person is as gay as a rainbow parade? But I hadn't asked, because I wanted them to offer me the job. The college's anti-discrimination policy would be wholly on my side, though there were no guarantees. And moving a thousand miles away to join a department full of strangers scared me more than I wished to admit. On the screen, Barmouth scored a couple of three-pointers in a row. The team had some talent. I tried to imagine them as my team. 
In a month, I might be sitting at the official's table making notes for a booster's press release and updating the team's Facebook page. And here was a strike against Barmouth. The school's colors were an unfortunate combo of brown and white. I'd be sitting at that table wearing a brown tie. But a guy couldn't have everything. At least the mascot was cute. I wondered who was inside that giant brown bear costume. When the announcer mentioned the game's attendance was 2,000 people, I cracked a smile. That was a far cry from an Ohio State game. But unlike my alma mater, Barmouth had offered to actually pay me for my labor. And working for the Barmouth Brown Bears would be a hell of a lot more fun than ending up in a cubicle at some faceless corporation. I leaned closer to my screen, as if the proximity of my nose to the video feed would make the decision easier. When the refs stopped the game to review a play on video, I got a closer look at the official's table. There sat Arnie Diggs, the head of the athletic department. 